Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got ourselves a cast of thousands tonight. Thousands. We have to sell tickets for this bad boy. So many people want it in. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz. We got Tom Bauer. Everybody wanted to be part of this program tonight. And why the heck not, right? Because we got a lot planned for you over the next few hours, right up until 10 o'clock. Gordon and Larry will take over at that point. As always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. Before we kick things off today, I want to wish happy birthday to dad, pops. Happy birthday to him. So we get that out of the way. Hope he had himself a nice day. Talk to him earlier. And we move on. Now, we'll get to all the football stuff a little bit later. Certainly, the Jets and the Giants have now begun to turn the page. Week one is a thing of the past. Giants, you know, they can forget about still basking in that victory over the Tennessee Titans, even though it was a good victory. We know that. We talked about that. But you know what? What do you do for an encore? And for them, it's going to be the home opener against the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, this is one of those games that a team like the Giants could, unfortunately, if they're not careful, they could get caught napping a little bit because... You know, Giants come in riding high. It's the home opener. Fans are going to be pumped. Place is going to be loud. And a Carolina team that, you know, didn't get the job done last week. And you'd think that, okay, they're going on the road, you know, edge Giants, but got to be careful. You know, you got to be careful. Giants aren't good enough yet to take anybody for granted. And we don't even know if how good they're going to be. But just even based on one game, that's a tricky spot. Jets, meantime, you know the challenge that they have on their hands. You know, and if you're a fan, you know, just go back, watch Cleveland play Carolina in week number one because both the locals are playing those two teams. So they played the same game last week. little scouting. You only got to watch one game if you want a little look-see on the opponent. And you know how we do it on this show. We do our behind enemy lines feature for you during the football season. So tonight we will tackle the Jet portion of it and get you a little bit of info on the Cleveland Browns. Tony Grossi, who's covered them for a very long time, he is one of the utmost authorities on the Browns football team, so he'll be joining us a little bit later on to go over what kind of an opposition the Jets could expect to see in week number two. You'll hear from Donovan Mitchell, who spoke today, his first public comments as a Newly minted Cleveland Cavalier had his press conference and said some uh, interesting things, to say the least, about maybe where he thought he was going to end up, where he thought the destination was going to be. Certainly wasn't Cleveland, and you can probably guess where he thought that he was going. But we got to begin with the baseball here, and and we'll get to the Yankee stuff, and we'll get to Aaron Judge. And I know the guys earlier today on the K-Show were talking about that a lot, and rightfully so, because what Judge is doing has just been, you know, epic this season. And, you know, two more home runs last night, helping the Yankees win that. They don't win that game if Judge doesn't hit those home runs, let's face it. And it goes without saying that he's the MVP of the league. But got to start with the Mets, because... It seems like we've been down this road here over the last few weeks about this team and how they're just sleepwalking through some of these games, especially against the bottom feeders in baseball. And the baseball season, by the way, ends three weeks from today. Three weeks from today. I think that's October the 5th, if I'm not mistaken. So the clock is ticking. 
Yankees are in a little bit better shape from a team sense than the Mets are, of course. But the Mets, hey, they did get a nice gift earlier this afternoon from the San Francisco Giants. And even their old buddy, J.D. Davis, who had a nice RBI double in that game. And the Giants beat the Braves, took two out of three in that series. So as you and I are talking right now, before they throw first pitch at Citi Field, the Mets have themselves again a one-game lead in the National League East. And they could maybe get it up to one and a half before the night is through, but they're going to have to do what has become an impossible task over the last couple of nights, and that's beat the Chicago Cubs. Maybe even more impossible is score some runs, right? Score some runs. And I can't believe I'm even saying this, but the Mets are going out there tonight trying to avoid being swept by the Chicago Cubs, the lousy, stinking Chicago Cubs, who are 22 games under 500. Those Chicago Cubs. Ain't the, you know, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Chicago Cubs, with Joe Madden in the dugout, winning with championship. Not those Cubs. Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, no, those guys aren't nowhere to be found either. These Cubs stink. Even Jacob DeGrom wasn't immune to this funk that they're in right now. Even he couldn't save them. And I'm sick and tired of watching this offense. I really and truly am. Now you can say, well, calm down, you know, they've been down this road before. Yeah, they have been down this road before. It doesn't mean I got to like it. You're a Met fan doesn't mean you have to enjoy what the hell this team is doing out there offensively. All right, fine. They scored 20 runs on Saturday and Sunday. They've scored three the last two nights against one of the worst teams in baseball. Three lousy, stinking runs in their own ballpark. And how many, I, I mean, how many more guys are you going to leave on the bases? 16 men left on base the last two nights. 16. That's like a small village. One for 12 with runners in scoring position. Can somebody get a damn hit in a big spot? Somebody? Anybody? Everybody wanted to throw the parade after the Dodgers series. Oh, you know what? They took two out of three from the Dodgers. Oh, they can play with anybody. DeGrom, Scherzer, start spreading the news. Well, they got a losing record since that Dodgers series. And it's not exactly against, you know, the upper echelon teams in baseball. Washington, Pittsburgh, Miami, Chicago, losing record. When they began that stretch, I said they got to go 9-4 and four in these 13 games. Pittsburgh, Miami, Chicago, and Pittsburgh again this weekend. I said 9-4. and four. That's what you got to settle for. No worse than that. They're 4-4 four and four right now. Can they win five in a row? You know, can they win tonight and then sweep four games for the Pirates? I mean, I guess they can, but I'm not feeling confident that that's going to happen. Why the hell should you? They can't score any runs. And Pittsburgh is even worse than the Cubs are. You know, maybe it's just a case of playing down to the competition. I don't know what it is. And you could say, well, you know, they're not going to face these type of teams in October, and the Mets have played well against the better competition this year, right? Played well against the Dodgers, got a winning record against the Braves, other teams as well. So great, but this is not the way you want to go into the playoffs. And oh, by the way, you got to win the damn division. That's important. Mets aren't going to have a deep run in the month of October if they don't win the National League East. I mean, that goes without saying, for obvious reasons. Starting with your pitching staff and how it needs to be aligned. And remember something, the Mets and the Braves got to play each other three games in Atlanta in that final week of the season. They might have to align their pitching staff just to make sure that they get through 162 games and are the team on top of the National League East. Forget about the wild card round. Forget about the division round. They're going to have to play this thing out all the way to the very end. 
I didn't know like nobody's pressing the panic button and everybody's just calm and everybody's chill and all those things. Guys like, oh, well, you know, it's a long season. We've earned the right to be here. Okay, fine. But you know what? I know a lot of other teams too that have had great seasons. Then they get to September and they absolutely fall flat on their face. And they got nothing left in the tank. That's what this Mets team looks like. They look spent. They look tired. Those bats are looking a lot heavier than they should. And you know what? They're swinging it like it too. And tonight you got David Peterson. You never know what the hell you're going to get from him. And look at this lineup that Buck Showalter put together for tonight's game. Mark Canna's hitting second. Mark Vientos, the rookie, is DHing. He's hitting fifth. And Darren Ruff, somebody's got to explain. Again, the Darren Ruff fascination, I don't know what the hell this is. I have no idea what the Darren Ruff fascination is. The guy's one for his last 35. Why is he in the lineup? You want to put him up there the other night, pinch it, I disagree, whatever. But why is he in the lineup? I don't care who's pitching. If he's lefty, if he's righty, if he throws with both hands, Darren Ruff has not earned the right to be in the lineup. All right, it's not like he just got here last week. He's been here for about a month and a half. And from my recollection, I think he's only gotten like one meaningful hit as a New York Met. But it's certainly not enough to warrant him being in this lineup in a big game. I can't believe I'm saying it's even a big game against the Chicago Cubs, but it is. That's how bad they've been playing. It's a big game tonight. They need to win this game. And they have to capitalize on the fact the Braves lost today. Gain a little bit of separation. I know that that's a novel thought, but you know what? You're allowed to do it. Remember once upon a time you had a big lead in the division? Remember? Mets, by the way, have played, or will have played, I should say, um, an extra ga- two extra games than the Atlanta Braves. Two extra games. So you at least have the one-game edge in the loss column because that's the thing that you can't control. You know, if the Braves are going to go out there and play those games and you're sitting at home, if you got the edge in the loss column, then you're in good shape. You have to stay at least one up in that department, and that's why you got to win this game tonight. And to be fair, you know what? To be fair, because we gave the Yankees and we gave Brian Cashman a lot of crap after the trade deadline. And how poor of a job that they did. Remember? You know, you had Jordan Montgomery, who's looking like Cy Young, pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. All the, you know, Frankie Montas has not exactly lit it up. You know, Andrew Benintendi got into a funk there, and then he got injured. And Harrison Bader's still in a walking boot, even though he's on his way back here. But, you know, the moves that the Yankees made did not exactly flatten, you know, flatter you. And we told you that. But why have the Mets gotten a pass? You know, think about it. Like, look at the moves that the Mets made at the deadline. Name me one that has actually paid dividends for them. What, everybody likes Daniel Vogelbach. Why? Because he's heavy? Because he he looks funny running around the bases? Is that why? The uniform doesn't really fit that well? Like, that's why, so the fans like him? But he's not hitting. Tyler Naquin, same thing. Darren Ruff, we talked about him already. Those three guys collectively are batting 210 since becoming Mets. With an OPS under 700, that's not what they were brought in for. And you got J.D. Davis out there, the guy they gave up on. You got J.D. Davis out in San Francisco getting meaningful hits today, helping to beat the Atlanta Braves. And you got Dom Smith who's toiling around some, I don't know, where is Dom Smith? In Syracuse? Anybody know where Dom Smith is? I haven't seen or heard Dom Smith in like two, three months. It's like he's hiding out in a cave. Meantime, you got these guys up here who are in the lineup, who are taking up roster spots, and they've been terrible. 
Michael Givens, you know, the biggest thing they needed was help to get to Edwin Diaz in the bullpen. Build a bridge to Diaz. They didn't do that. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that the Atlanta Braves have lost four out of their last five. And maybe it's going to catch up to them a little bit, right? Been playing unbelievable baseball. They're like 65 and 28 or something like that since June 1st, which is the best in the sport. Maybe they're getting a little tired. You hope. Braves are going to play their next 13 games against the Phillies and the Nationals. Six of them at home, seven of them on the road. The good news is that Philadelphia needs those games because they're trying to nail down a wild card spot. But I never would have thought that on the 14th of September, three weeks still to play, Taking on a team that's 22 games under 500, that we will be sitting here saying how critical and how important a game this is tonight for the New York Mets. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Like I said, we got a busy show tonight. We'll do all the football. Tony Grossi is going to join us a little bit later on for our Behind Enemy Lines, looking at the Cleveland Browns, the Jets' Week 2 opponent. We'll get to the football stuff. We'll hear from Donovan Mitchell. Plenty of Yankee talk, plenty of Aaron Judge conversation as well. It's a Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, on this Wednesday. I was going to say Monday. Can you imagine if it was Monday and we had to, like, rewind two days? No, thank you. Not going to go there. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Great start for the Mets again tonight. David Peterson loaded the bases with nobody out. So Lord knows what this inning has in store, and Lord knows what kind of a night this is going to be for this baseball team as the malaise and the funk continue. Maybe we need to get the Dodgers in here, you know? Can the Dodgers make another appearance at City Field? Maybe it's only the good teams that the Mets feel like playing against. Because you know what? When Little League teams show up, they just can't function as a baseball team. Cannot function. And by the way, before I get to some phone calls here... The way the brackets are lined up for the new Major League Baseball postseason, right? Because we got that extra wild card now. We got the three wild cards, and the top two seeds in each league get a first round bye. Let's just assume the Mets don't win the division. And they're the top wild card. They're going to be the top wild card because they got an eight game lead, they and the Braves, over Philadelphia, who is the next closest suitor. So whoever doesn't win the NL East is going to be the four seed. That team 
if they're fortunate enough to get by round one, and round one is probably going to be against the likes of a Philadelphia, all right? Round two, you're playing the Dodgers already. No breaks. You get the Dodgers. You get the gauntlet. Just like that. So imagine you're playing a best of three against Philadelphia. And you're probably going to pitch DeGrom, Scherzer, and, I don't know, let's say Bassett. So then what happens when you move on to the Dodgers series, which is a best of five? It ain't going to beat DeGrom and Scherzer starting it off because you have to use those guys in round one just to be able to advance past that. Mets are not going to a World Series this year if they do not win the division. They're not. But the way this team hits, they're way too reliant a team on their starting pitching. And if you cannot align the starting pitching the way you want it to, A, that's going to put more of an onus on your offense, which right now, let's face it, is not all that reliable, is it not? I never thought I'd be sitting here talking about this. I, I In a million years, I never thought I would be sitting here talking about this. I mean, it, it, it really is incredible. And I understand, you know, you take a step back and you're supposed to evaluate the season as a whole, and they've played, what, 140-something games. And they're 35 games over 500. That's great. It's great. You know, they've had a good season. If you evaluate everything as a whole, in its, in its totality, They've had a good year, but it ain't going to mean anything if you squander it all away at the very end, right? It means nothing. You know, how about all these teams that have great regular seasons, then they get to the playoffs, and then they're unable to capitalize off it. They're unable to go all the way. You know, that Mariners team in, in, in 2001 that set the record with 116 wins, they didn't even get to the World Series. So the only people that care about that Mariners team are the people in Seattle, But to everybody else, it's a team that just made the playoffs and didn't achieve their goal. Didn't even play for the top prize. This team don't win a division. And if they're a quick out in the playoffs, I mean, I don't know how you're going to look back at this season and say that it was successful. You can't. I don't care how many guys Jacob DeGrom strikes out. I don't care how many guys Max Scherzer strikes out. I don't care how funny Buck Showalter is in his press conferences. Win some damn games. And I'll tell you what, the owner ain't going to be laughing. It's his money, not mine, not yours. Let's say hi to Richard. He's in Manhattan. He's first up here, 98.7 ESPN. Richard, how are you? Do we have Richard? Dan. There he is. Hello, Richard. How are hi, you? Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? I got a hypothet- couple of hypotheticals. Yes. All right. You said the top two seeds get buys. Mm-hmm. Let's say hypothetically. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers have the best record. San Diego ends up with a better record than the Mets, the Braves, and the Cardinals. Would San Diego get a bye? No, they don't reseed in these uh, players. No, no, it's no reseeding. I'm just saying. No, no, no. no. Two- Divi- you have to be a division winner. Division winner. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, now, and that's not going to happen, by the way, with San Diego. Well, I just yeah. said it hypothetically. Yeah. Now, you said something else. Mm-hmm. That may not be true. It probably is true, but it may not be. Mm-hmm. Mets don't get into the uh, – they don't win the division, so they play in the first round. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, we start with Scherzer, game one. Mm-hmm. We win game one. We only have to take one of the next two, and if we win the next one, we don't have to worry. We won the series. Why wouldn't they not go with Bassett in game two? Run that by me again so you well, – You win game one mm-hmm. with Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Right. We're playing the Cardinals. Okay. 
Dodgers are waiting, or whoever's waiting. But you're playing, probably playing the Phillies. Oh, Phillies, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're playing the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You win with Jersey game mm-hmm. one. Okay? Game two, why is it a set in stone that the ground pitches game two? Why can't you start Bassett? Because you want to win game one. Now I'm saying you win game one. Right, because you want to end it as soon as possible. Well, why can't you end it with Bassett? You don't. You have more confidence in Bassett than you do Degrom. Uh, well, if I can use Bassett uh, Degrom in game one of the next series, I like that. Yeah, but I'm you want to play hypothetically. But you'd rather use and save Degrom for. I mean, you'd rather play as least amount of games as possible. And and think of think of it as days. You know okay. what I mean? So if you can end that series like a day earlier, then that's an extra day. Remember, it's not the order, Richard, of let's say like, oh, you got to go through a five-man rotation or a four-man okay, rotation. Just a thought. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, let me, uh, let me talk to you about Judge and Maris. Now, this is only with yep. Judge and Maris. What Judge has accomplished is so much greater than what Maris accomplished. And I'll explain to you what I think about when Maris set the record in 61, mm-hmm. expansion, the greatest expansion in baseball occurred that year. Two new teams were added, the Los Angeles Angels and the Washington Senators. Mm-hmm. They played 18 games against the Senators, 18 games against the Angels. That's 36 games out of 162. That's 22%. Maris was playing against pitchers who might not have been in the major leagues at that time. I'm not saying that he had no, no fault of his own. Number two, Judge is playing in the greatest division, record-wise, in the history of baseball. This record, their cumulative record, the American League East, mm-hmm. Yankees, Baltimore, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa, cumulatively have played to a 558 percentage. So they're going to average one to five. 86 wins, the five teams. That's never been accomplished in Major League Baseball in the division place in 69. Never. So that's an accomplishment. So he's been playing against the best pitchers and the best teams more than anyone's ever played. I, I, I think, you know what it is, Richard, and I thank you for the phone call. I, look, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And by the way, while Richard was talking, I was kind of sidetracked for a second because David Peterson just, you know, decided to set fire to this game in the first inning. So a Met team that scored three runs the last two nights are now down 4 nothing before he can even finish the top half of the first inning. Unbelievable. You know, you, you could call it a slump. You could call it a funk. Calling them a malaise. I'll call it a freaking embarrassment. Mets haven't even gotten to bat yet. And they become an embarrassment already. Why are they wasting their time with David Peterson again? Just stick him in the bullpen. I understand that he's a living, breathing human being and he's on the team. He's taking up a roster spot. Don't start him anymore. Don't start him. You know, Max Scherzer's pitching in Syracuse tonight. He's going to make the next star probably looks like with the Mets. Thank God. Can't happen soon enough. Enough with David Peterson. I don't want to see this guy on the mound anymore starting a game the rest of the season. Sorry. I don't even care if you have another doubleheader that you're pressed into and you need an extra pitcher. Don't care. Pick somebody out of the stands. They can't do any worse. Pitch an infielder. Piece it together with the bullpen. Take a posi- Take Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff ain't worth the damn when it comes to him actually swinging the bat. You do. Let him pitch. Can't be any worse. 800 919 That is the 
telephone number. By the way, here's Buck Showalter's logic this afternoon to starting Darren Ruff. Why does he keep getting starts, Buck? No, he's you know well, one, very much like Jeff too. You know, he's played left and right, and he uh, you know sometimes the angle is the same playing first base. Jeff, I think, feels a little more comfortable in right field. He likes both of them. He could play center field, but. Um, very much like the last time he played right field, uh, I think a few days ago. Just feels he works out there. I think in a perfect world, he's probably the most comfortable in left field because he's played it the most. But I also don't want to move Mark around. I think Mark does a good job in left field. I don't want to weaken us at two spots. But, you know, Mark, uh, we keep hoping that, uh, you know, Mark will get it going a little bit in that capacity. Started out good for us. Uh, like we keep hoping. What do we, I mean, keep hoping, praying, wishing. I mean, take a penny, throw it into the fountain. What the hell is this? Hoping and praying. I mean, come on, guys. You trying to win a division or not? You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As far as the Yankees are concerned, things are going a lot better for them. And it wasn't even that long ago we were sitting here, you know, lamenting the fact that the Yankees were in a funk that they couldn't get out of. And it seemed like every which way they turned did not yield the dividends you would expect. And they worked their way out of it. And now it seems like, okay, you feel a little bit better about them. I'm not talking big picture, championship, that type of thing, but just, you know, how they're going to close the season and get to October, per se. They've won seven out of their last nine, and now they go up there and try to finish off this little mini two-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox. Nestor's on the mound. What more can you say, though, about Aaron Judge? Seriously, like, what more can you say about Aaron Judge than what this guy continues to do? Two more last night, 57 on the season. And he's going to get the record, folks. He's going to get this record. He's on pace for 65. It will happen. And when you think about the rarefied air that he is already infiltrating, when you hit 57 home runs like he has, and I understand that history and baseball and the record books and all that stuff, that was, that was assaulted with steroids and PEDs. They took a detonator to the record books. So all those numbers that we once held sacred, you know what? They're not as sacred anymore. That's just the facts. To some people they are, but to some and others, they just look at it as one big joke. And baseball brought this on themselves, by the way. The people in charge at the time, they knew exactly what the hell was going on, but they turned a blind eye to it. And that guy's in the Hall of Fame, by the way. The guy who was the steward and the shepherd of the sport, Bud Selig. He knew what was happening, but baseball was getting a lot of attention. And we were a couple of years removed from the work stoppage, right? Baseball was national news again. They loved it. People were coming to the ballparks. There was interest. 
Why should we blow the whistle on steroids? Why should we blow the whistle on PEDs? Drug testing? Nah, the hell with it. Baseball's popular. Got a home run chase. Record books. People are into that stuff. There's been only four other guys in the history of baseball, history of the American League, that have hit more home runs in a season than Aaron Judge. Ruth Maris, Jimmy Fox, and Hank Greenberg. Those are like Museum of Natural History names, right? Those are like epic names when you think about this sport and its cherished past. And now Aaron Judge is putting himself up there with names like that. I mean, what more does this guy have to do? To the fact that we're still sitting here and having this silly debate, at least to some, about whether or not he should be the MVP. I mean, enough is enough is enough. Like, what more does this guy have to do? Does he have to get that 60-second home run? Is that going to satisfy people? I mean, right now, okay... Take whatever category you want, whatever one you measure, whatever one you subscribe to, and you tell me what carries the most weight. Let's start, first of all, wins and losses. You know, that, and I know that's a team award, and that's a team measure. But the Yankees are in first place right now. Yankees are going to win their division. The Angels might lose 100 games, and they're 20-something games under 500. they have They've clinched another losing season, have the Angels. Okay, so let's just start there. All right, if you think that wins and losses matters, there's one for you. Aaron Judge leads the major leagues in runs scored, home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS+, total bases, intentional walks, and he leads the American League in walks, but not baseball. So, I mean, I don't know how many more important statistics you want. Now, I guess the one that I didn't mention was his ERA. Because he doesn't have an ERA. He doesn't pitch. And that's the only reason why there's some people out there who still think that Shohei Otani should be the MVP. It's not most outstanding player. It's not most talented player, most gifted. It's most valuable player. And this guy is doing something this year like I just told you. Okay? I just told you. The American League has been around since 1901. Older than me, older than you, older than our ancestors. 1901. That is 121 years of baseball. And there have been only four other human beings on the face of the earth that have done what Aaron Judge is currently doing this year in the American League. Four others in over 120 years. And you're going to not acknowledge this guy and say that somebody else is more valuable than him? And oh, by the way, if you want to then spin it back to valuable, right, most valuable to his team, per se, you think the Yankees are in first place? You think the Yankees are in first place if Aaron Judge is not on this team right now? Yankees don't win last night if Aaron Judge isn't on their team. Forget about first place. There were a lot of games like that all season long. You know, I know a lot of people want to sit here and also think that, you know, want to throw bouquets at Garrett Cole thinking he was great last night because he struck out so many guys. He gave up three home runs. And when the Yankees got that game even, by the way, what did he do? He went right back out there and gave up another home run to surrender the lead for the time being. He wasn't great. He was okay, but he wasn't great. He didn't do what a stopper's supposed to do for $324 million. But thank God Aaron Judge was there. Thank God he bailed him out again. And you know what? Forget about the MVP. The MVP right now, that's that, that that's too light for Aaron Judge. 
Because I don't know how many of you have realized this or even like looked ahead, even though we still have a few weeks left in the season. You realize Aaron Judge is making a run at the Triple Crown now in the American League? What happens if he wins a Triple Crown? Are there, are, are there still going to be these sycophants and these yo-yos out there that think that Shohei Otani is the MVP and not Aaron Judge? Judge is going to lead the league in home runs. He's definitely going to lead the league in RBIs. He's got both of those comfortably, comfortably sewn away. He's got 22 more home runs than Mike Trout. Think about that. 22 more home runs than the next guy. He's got 14 more RBIs than the next guy, Jose Ramirez. And he's only nine points away from a batting title. Luis Arise of Minnesota is hitting 319. Judge is hitting 310. Judge's batting average went up 16 points in the last two weeks. 16 in just the last two weeks. You can't rule anything out right now. And if this guy wins the Triple Crown, you're really going to vote with a clear head for Shohei Otani for the MVP. And Shohei Otani's a wonderful player. He's not the MVP this year. Last year he was. This year, sorry. And remember, Vlad Jr. was great last year, too. Vlad Jr.'s season would have been good enough in any other year. In any other year to win an MVP. But Judge's season's even better. Like I said, four other people in the history of the American League have done what he's doing this year. And he's not finished yet. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Jose's in Newark. He's up next. 98.7. Jose, how are you? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Good, Jose. What's going on? As always, thank you for getting me through this New York traffic. If it weren't for you, I'd probably just, like, crash into a post. Jose, we don't want you to do that. Come on. That's what we're here for. You know, we'll get you there. Come on. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to call and just say everything you said about Aaron Judge is totally correct, man. He is the runaway MVP. If you think it's anyone else, you just don't understand the value, what what value means. In the first half, he's the best player in the best team in baseball. The second half, the Yankees wouldn't even be nowhere near first place without him. So I don't even think it's a conversation. I had a quick question for you about Shohei, though. Yeah. There may be a time when he'll be up for both the Cy Young and the MVP like this year. Would you have a problem with him winning both? And do you think that's a bit of an unfair advantage for him, even though he is an extremely unique player. Do you have a do, do you have a problem with him being able to just dominate all the awards? And do you feel it's an unfair advantage for him? I don't think on Jose. I don't think he'll ever win a Cy Young award. You know why? Because I don't think he'll ever throw enough innings for a Cy Young award. Like the voters will hold that against him. You know what I mean? Like this year he's only thrown 140 innings somewhere around there. Last year he threw a buck 30. That's not enough. You know what I mean? Like some of these other pitchers are throwing close to 200 innings a year. He's got to have a little bit more of a workload like that. But when he does both and he's the prolific hitter that he is, you know, the Angels are going to make sure that they spell him every so often to give him as much rest as possible. That's why he's never going to have enough of a workload, I think, as a pitcher to where you're thinking about him as a Cy Young winner. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. It's a great point. But I do think this guy is just a unique and a unicorn, and they should just make a Shohei Atani award and just give it to him every year because he, he's that special. But, um, yeah, you, you make some great points. I, I would love to see what he does going forward. Maybe they can stretch him. But, I mean, I'm telling you, it just would be crazy if he were to win the MVP to Cy Young and the Silver Slugger. It would be crazy. 
but you know he's 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 a, he's a special talent. But as far as this year, there's no way in the world you could give anyone other than Aaron Judge the award. If anyone else votes elsewhere, they should lose their right to vote. Because I mean, I think it's just a right now he could put his feet up right now. And regardless of what anybody does the rest of the season, I think he gets it. Hundred Jose, thousand percent, I agree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. Here's the bottom line. All right. If somebody other than Aaron Judge wins the MVP in the American League this year, and that includes Shohei Otani, they should just do away with these awards. They should do away with the awards. It would be foolish. Foolish. I, I mean, what more does this guy have to do? Because you got a guy that hits and pitches, and he does them both pretty good, but he's on a team that is completely irrelevant in the scope of baseball. Judge is doing this on a first-place team, helping them to win a World Series Getting them to October. The Angels season was over in June. Angels season was over before they lit the fireworks on the 4th of July. And yet, to me, you know what? You lose a couple of points for that when you're talking about an award and voting and that type of thing. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. We'll talk to Tony Grossi, a little Cleveland Brown football. They got the Jets coming up in week number two. You know, one other thing also about, you know, this home run quest that Aaron Judge finds himself in. He spoke to Tom Verducci of SI, you know, about what he considers to be the all-time home run record. And Judge said that 73 is the record in my book. No matter what people want to say about that era of baseball, for me, they went out there and hit 73 homers and 70 homers. And that, to me, is what the record is. Here's where I'm a little confused. So, on one hand, Judge is going to sit here and try to tell you that Barry Bonds is the home run king. All right, now look, we all know Barry Bonds cheated. He may never admit to it, but we know he cheated. Right? So why is Judge going to give Barry Bonds a pass and say that he's the all-time home run king when a couple of years ago, When the whole thing happened with the Houston Astros, Judge sat there and threw them into the fire just like everybody else did. Right? He was was very vocal about the fact that Altuve shouldn't be the MVP, that the Astros World Series is tainted, and all those things. You could go find the quotes. You go find them. Judge had no problem speaking out about the Astros because it cost him an MVP. Right? No problem speaking out about that, but he's actually going to sit there and he's going to give... Credit to Bonds and say that that's what the all-time home run record is? Really? Why do you think that is? Is it because Judge grew up in the Bay Area and he was maybe a, a Bonds fan and a Giants fan? And was he sitting there at Pac Bell Park as a little kid and, you know, go Barry, go and jumping and, 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 and you know, 
screaming when Bonds was hitting all those home runs and jumping into McCovey Cove with the kayak to see if he could go get some of those baseballs? Was that Aaron Judge? Is that what he was doing as a kid? Makes him all warm and fuzzy on the inside? Can't have it both ways. If the Astros are a piece of garbage on one hand, you can't sit there and genuflect to Barry Bonds and say that he's the all-time home run king. Doesn't work both ways. I'm sorry. Let's say hi to Ira. He's up next. He's in Staten Island. Dan Grasser Show. What's up, Ira? Hey, good evening, Dan. How are you? What's happening? Good, my friend. How are you? Good. So I know you got the uh, reporter coming on about the Browns. Yep. And, you know, you, you and you said it all last week that the Ravens were a bad matchup, and, and you turned out to be right. But, Wish you know, I, I wasn't. Game <laughs> I know. So do, so do I. Maybe I'm being a cocky optimist here. But I look at this thing. I actually think that this is possibly as best a matchup that a Jets could draw up week two, strictly because the defense really shut down the Ravens' running attack. And if somehow they could control Chubb, and, you know, kind of just contain their running attack, I'm not really worried that much about Jacoby Brissett. So if the offense could just give you some type of, just something on the other side of the ball, I think the defense could actually just give the Jets enough where they could actually find a way to possibly win this game. Ira, I'll tell you something. I actually, I last night I watched, I went back and I watched the first half of the um, Browns-Panthers game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home tonight and try to finish it. Um, what jumps off to me more than anything else is something you didn't even mention. That defense is damn good. That defense know, is damn I good. Know, They're know. ferocious, and Miles Garrett is a game wrecker. I, you know, this offensive line, which sprung some leaks on Sunday, you know that, especially on the left side, they are going to have their hands full on Sunday with that Browns defense. So you think that Browns defense, that, that pass rush is going to be more potent than the Ravens? Oh, 100%. Miles Ga- the Ravens don't have anybody as good as Miles Garrett in that defense. Not even close. Not even close. I, mean, oh, my, I mean, Ira, Miles Garrett's one of the top five defensive linemen probably in all of National League, uh, National Football League. Well, they're going to have to dial up something because, you know what, I don't think Flacco's going to be able to take another beat like he took last week. He got hit between sacks and hits. He, he got hit about 15, 16 times. You know, he's 37 years old. He's not going to be able to withstand that again this week. You know, you're right about that, Ira, and and that's why this is going to be a tricky one. And and I thank you for the phone call. Everything you said, though, about, you know, Brissett and what. Here's the thing about Brissett. Brissett's got a good arm. But I would try to, believe it or not, I dare Jacoby Brissett. And I'm not Robert Sala. I'm not Jeff Ulbrich. I'm not making the defensive game plan. But based on what I'm watching on that tape, I would dare Jacoby Brissett to beat me down the field with his arm. He's got a good arm. He's just not very accurate down the field. He throws like missiles down the field, but he's overthrowing virtually all his guys. I would dare him and make him throw the ball deep. Try to take away the underneath stuff. And you better wrap up on defense if you're the Jets. You better wrap up because Nick Chubb is a cutback runner, and he makes a lot of guys miss. And he's big, and he's physical, and he's tough. They better wrap up. But I'm sure that they're stressing that to those guys all week in practice and meetings. They don't need to hear it from me, but that's just what I see from my own two eyes. Speaking of the Brownies, we'll learn a little bit more about them coming up next. Tony Grossi covers them for a very long time. He joins me as we do our Behind Enemy Lines. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 